0: Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome to How Soccer Explains Leadership. As you know, if you have been listening to this show, I'm Phil Dark, I'm your host, and I'm again excited to share with you the guest that we have today. His name is Toriano Davis. He is a man with many things on his plate, and I am excited to share some of those things (laughs) with you. He's also a good friend of mine. We've done some different things together. But before we get to that interview with Toriano, if it's something you haven't done already, subscribe to this show. That way you won't miss any of our great episodes that, that we have, all these great people that we have on. I'm not just picking people randomly. I'm picking people that I know I'm learning from in my life, and I want you to be learning from in yours as well and be able to help you to be a better leader on and off the pitch and then also if you haven't done so already go ahead and rate and review the show wherever you're listening to it you can go ahead and that rate and review buttons and do that it helps to get out to a lot more people out there and then for your sake join the Facebook group so you can continue this conversation beyond the podcast and something that we're growing that and as we grow it bigger and bigger we're going to be able to have better and better conversations so go to Facebook and join that group if you haven't done so already without more on that Today, we have Toriano Davis. Toriano, how you doing?
1: Oh, man, I'm doing great, Phil, and thank you for having me on, and I can't stress enough the podcast, some great stuff. I've already shown it to some of my guys. In fact, my son, who's over in England doing trials with soccer, it's been great, and the number one thing that the different coaches and mentors, agents, players, whatnot, from different levels have said they have really appreciated the leadership and some of the things he gathered from the podcast, and, and I would, anybody up and coming, video analysis, a recruiter, coach, investor, whatever you are, player, please take advantage of the mentorship and little life lessons that people are dropping on this that took them decades to learn. really can advance you forward, which is something that in our industry, people are looking for because it's results oriented. And if it takes you 20 years to get a 30-second result, I think you're going to have a short-lived, as fruitful (laughs) as it could be experience at the higher level.
0: Yeah, you and I have talked about that a lot to learn what we can to have that humble posture that learning posture to be able to learn from others who have been there before us and hoping to get people on to be able to do that and ourselves be able to share what we've learned so hopefully people coming behind us are able to benefit like we've benefited from others who just got some great wisdom to share with us so those of you who aren't watching on video you're not seeing the Dortmund jersey that Toriano is sport because he does have <laughs> connections all over Europe. I'm going to let him share with us his bio and anything he might forget, I might remind him of as I've done in the past with some of our other guests. But Toriano, can you just briefly share your story, how you got to be where you are today? I know you've had some stints playing some professional soccer, have some involvement with the military, some other things that are just some really cool yeah. stuff that really has taught you and brought you to where you are today. Can you share that with the folks listening in?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I grew up Cleveland, Ohio. It's interesting, this particular story, because just getting out of that city, I was fortunate through a lot of different mentorship and things like that. And basically, for me, soccer was a vehicle. There's only a couple ways you can get out. Sports, maybe you're a brain, military, uh, maybe you can get a job. So for me, I didn't care what it was. I wasn't the smartest. <laughs> I wasn't the fastest athlete either, nothing like that. But I said, but if I could find a niche and someone that's willing to mentor me and work with me, and they'll uh, be patient. That's how I came about. So for me, uh, the nice thing about it is I was raised by my step grandfather and grandmother. I actually knew my great grandmother, which was nice. So aunts and uncles, great aunts and uncles. It was it was an interesting area in Cleveland, ranging from your suburban normal issues and experiences, positive and negative, to you know at that time crack cocaine and mafia wars and all kind of other criminal wars and other things that a large city like that, the Cleveland being little Detroit, can bring. The parents have a strong entrepreneurial background, grandparents and whatnot, family ran multiple businesses. So I had to become independent rapidly. And that was nice because I, I loved that. Now, I switched from American football. I was a wide receiver, a punter, cornerback the soccer team actually recruited me my junior year towards the middle of the junior year. Now, as I said before, I just wanted to get out of Cleveland vehicle. I was like, okay, I was like, I don't know nothing about no soccer. I was like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even like soccer. It was stupid. I, mean, I did the typical. I was like, I didn't know. Okay. That looks cool. You kick a ball. Yeah. I was like, I was like, man, we, we beat you guys up. I don't play this stupid. You know, I'm like, why are you even talking to me? <laughs> but here's what was so funny. I developed a love for the game. These guys, they mentored me, took me under their wing I was lifeguarding at the time, and it was crazy because the guy, University of Cincinnati, he was ranked fifth, Cincinnati Division I college. He's ranked fifth in the nation. He's mentored by Joe Macknick and Brad Friedel, and you see Dr. Joe on Fox Sports all the time. Greg Andrulis, he he coached Columbus Crew and Brad Friedel. Franz Hook, the Netherlands, just these legends. He coached at maybe a couple of names, you know, Manchester United, Barcelona. So what was nice was I got to the point where – those folks taught me. And I got to the point where I saw the Cleveland force, which ironically, I'm in Annapolis, Maryland. Now I see the Baltimore blast, but watching Kyle Hoskins, this Iceland guy, right. And, and watching them, how they moved and just how they did it. And it cracks me up because people talk about attendance. I remember being at indoor soccer games where there was 50,000 people in Cleveland <laughs> you know, and it snows there and those type of numbers in the snow, even for a hockey game. And, and, folks come out and then I've been blessed enough where learned the sport enough to the point where I've been recognized by a lot of different individuals and I've been helping those clients through consultants or coaching where I'm even able to help people you see on TV that play in Europe and even on a Saturday or Sunday. So that's my situation there.
0: You kind of left out a little bit as far as you're, you're also scouting some players, you're acting as a scout, helping young players get yes. connected with maybe a right fit for them. You also spent some time in South America playing. Am I, am I correct there? Can you just share a little bit about those couple of things?
1: So I was fortunate, had some time in the military with the Marines. And but I think they were more being nice, but I became a pretty good goalie, got a chance to be in some of the reserves and that type of setup in South America. And it was fun because seeing that game and watching them play just in the street, watching them play what we call futsal now, but they were on a basketball court and I'm like, mm-hmm. what in the world? Cause I'm for me, I'm sitting here for Wait a minute, you guys are playing on concrete. Right. I said, Oh, this side, no. I mean, cause basketball, football, street, and I'm like, wait a minute, no one told me this stuff. I, I cussed out the soccer team after they came to me because I said, look, if y'all would have told me about this goalkeeping thing, I'm like, I can punt, catch. <laughs> I was having fun. I said, I'm up here doing three-a-days and pads. All I need is gloves. And I was still wearing the football girdle because it was padding. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, but I loved it so much. It was just it got to the point where – Where now people started coming to me and it was nice because like in the Marines, there was only two people speaking English. I was one of them. Now they speak English, obviously, but it was great being around 25 different styles on the same pitch. And that's what I love with this game is that Is such a liberating factor to the point where I'm fortunate enough now where I'm actually helping people, whether they want to get to college, high school, recreational, transition. If they're at the elite level, I can give them the pro, Europe or whatnot, different levels. So, so yeah, my organization, we help people transition to modern game. We also help them with the social psychology aspect. If you want to reach me for those different things, my website is fc-omega.com, or you can call the office number at 866 two, three, four, nine, eight, six, four. But thank you. Yeah, that was an amazing experience to the point where now we're able to help those big clients, small clients, consultant, whatever. And I've been able to actually make a living from something I love and help the people that I have relationships with, which I never would have thought. I, I never would have thought.
0: And one of the things you said is really what we're going to be focusing on today for this episode is the sports psychology side of it. The thing that we met doing was training for DISC model of human behavior. And I want to talk with you about that today. A few people have talked about this. In fact, a few episodes ago, my co-host asked me to give a brief explanation of the differences between all the different personality assessments, Enneagram and DISC and Myers-Briggs and so on and so forth. And as he said, I've been certified in the DISC. He called me an expert in the DISC and I hesitate to (laughs) say anything. I'm an expert in anything because that to me says a whole lot more than we want to, but you and I both have been trained up in it. We know a lot more than most people do about DISC. And so I wanted to bring you on because you're one of the guys that I know that knows the DISC model of human behavior and the game of football slash soccer, depending on where you are. And you're mm-hmm. also a guy who's been involved in, like you said, the military. You're running your own company now. You see leadership on different levels, both in the game and outside yeah. the game. So I, I wanted to talk with you about... Really start off by just explaining what DISC is, but as we go on in this episode, we'll talk more. It'll be really a good conversation, hopefully, about what the DISC is, how you're using it in the soccer clubs and programs Mm -hmm. that you're working with, and why it is critical in leadership. So let's start with that, what DISC is. I've given a little snippet in the past, but a lot of people probably haven't heard that episode, and also I want to hear your take on it as far as how you explain to people what DISC is and why it's important to them.
1: Yes. I'm so glad that you mentioned that and Phil's being modest. He truly is one of the upper caliber folks that understand and can apply it. And I've appreciated that because if you think about it, here's what I love with DISC. DISC is an area that if you're having issues with struggling with understanding yourself, confidence, if you're trying to just get the most out of relationships, if you're trying to figure out how to get the results have fun, support other people, figure out the best practices and understand why maybe you don't click with someone else or just wondered why, hey, Why did different things not quite work out when I was a boss? Why did it not work out? Like, why did I not mesh with the people? Let's say I was the best employee, but all of a sudden I became a supervisor, and now everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. What in the world? Or I was great at the military, and I applied those techniques and principles to my family, and my wife's ready to divorce me, and kids won't talk to me. (laughs) What's going on? Or maybe I'm a coach, and I was an amazing player, but you know what? The team doesn't follow me. They don't listen to me. And I think maybe that's why I was drawn to goalkeeping because the leadership, it just drew to me where it's just you. You can't hide. You make a mistake. It's in the net. But what I like with the DISC is this. The DISC is a personality assessments. It basically helps you in a positive way help you understand yourself and others. Myers-Briggs, I've got nothing against them, but that's a little corporate. It can be pricey. And you might need a PhD to understand what, you know, Freud and all these other folks. What I like with DISC is we use it in the military, and that's actually my first exposure. And then seeing Dr. Rome there, there's different versions, but we work with Personality Insights, and it's amazing. Dr. Rome, what I love what he did is back in 1994, he said, look, here's what we've got. There's outgoing reserve. There's task and people. But what I loved about it was he said, look, don't weaponize this because I always had a question. I had different friends in special forces. And then when I worked with those guys, I said, hey, you've got it where it's fascinating with the military and sports too, but you've got it where you've got this surfer, long-haired hippie. He's doing the same thing as the jock athlete who's doing the same thing as the corporate fraternity kid that's been raised by his dad. Well, how did that person become the Force Marine Comm Marine Green Beret, Navy SEAT? Like, how, how does that work? Because are you telling me that that anybody can do a job? You know, because I was always fascinated with those type of questions where I said, but wait a minute, this person here is an introvert. How are they able to be the best salesperson out there, the best recruiter or whatnot? And what DISC has taught me is this. Now, sometimes we'll get flack on this, but the best way I can explain is this. There isn't a introvert per se, because if you were a true introvert, when I talk to different social psychologists, when I talk to different clinical psychologists and therapists, they're like, look, if you're a true introvert, you don't leave the cave. You don't interact with society. You don't go outside. You do not talk. If I talk to you, it's not like a panic or whatever. You you don't interact. There's no interaction. What I like with the DISC model is it says, wait, you're reserved and you can flex your personality. A lot of people have struggled with that because think about it. How many times have we went with a player and we say, be more vocal, be more vocal, be more, and we're get get fired Mm -hmm. up. And they're, they're like, either they're running away yeah. or <laughs> or they're like I didn't quite like that or maybe they're good actors but what I like about it is that when I work with a goalie for example or a striker and I've got to help them be more vocal I say well look one we'll practice it but number 2 just because you're reserved doesn't mean you can't do this job and you have to not have confidence mm-hmm. speaking is not a natural thing a lot of people have a fear of it but here's how we can work through this challenge and make you better so to bring it home Helping somebody who was reserved or they think it is an introvert and they think that it's a curse, we can say, no, you absolutely can be good at sales. You absolutely can be good as a captain in this playing role you have. But here's the adjustments we need you to understand and make. We need you to understand that this person that you're interacting with, they need your message to be a little more vocal, a little bit louder. Here's some steps you can take. And what's nice about it is this, understand that when you make your adjustment by understanding yourself, and then you understand what somebody else needs, you're not trying to change them. And then now you can make adjustments of yourself without changing yourself. You're still internally good, but now here's what it becomes. Okay, I can be vocal. I can be boisterous. I can be whatever I need, like a drama, an actor on a stage for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now the difference is if that's not your natural personality style you will be drained and you will have to recharge.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yep. so what I love with that is is that the disc just shows you very quickly how to talk with the different personalities and you can make adjustments. And what I've noticed is it really helps me just really go and speak to the needs of that person and keep them energized and confident as a player and individual and then help them get to where they need to be. So this, to me, is the best for chemistry. We do an assessment virtual and then we have a little team talk We do a individual, and then we do a collective as a group. So we do the one-on-ones and then we do collective. And then we also add a leadership aspect where I talk even with the parents, the team manager, if you will. And what most players have said to me, we really appreciate what you're doing is because we feel like you're talking to us. We feel like you understand. And then it also helps us manage the team better by putting people in the right positions based on their personality traits and interests, things like that. So that's kind of how I've applied it. That's kind of how I view it. And then just adding to what's already been said in, in the previous podcast.
0: Yeah. And and I just want to take a step back real quick. All that is absolutely dead on as far as the application of it, the importance of it, the fact that we too often will type people and put them into a box rather than as we learned it, everyone is a blend of all four personality types. The D-I-S-C in the disc. We're a blend of all four of those. Myers-Briggs, as you said, often does that via percentages. You know, I'm a... 93% Ninety-three percent extrovert, right. and that's not just a random number. I'm actually a ninety-three percent extrovert. But when you look at the disc, it definitely is correlated. But the problem is, what does ninety-three percent extrovert mean, and what is the all these other letters? There's you know eight letters in the Myers-Briggs, and you have all these blends, and mm-hmm. and it's just the disc is simpler. Mm-hmm. And again, not to say Myers-Briggs is not great. It's a great tool if you actually understand it. But like sure. you said, you kind of needed the decoder right. ring and a PhD to really. Really, really understand it. Now, <laughs> disc, you can now, in all fairness, you can go super deep into the disc too, right? I mean, you can oh, go absolutely. super deep, but you don't need to. As we learned it, I'm just going to quiz you here, Toriano. So don't fail me, man. Don't fail me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's got
1: so, the cute cards. Don't worry. So,
0: so you talked about it really quickly, but I want to walk through it for people who don't know it. For people who, this is your sure. first primer on the disc. So we have outgoing and reserved are the top quadrant and the bottom quadrant of the circle. We learned it really as the outgoing and reserved are really your motor, right? You remember that? Yes. So talk about yes. that a little bit as far as this has really made sense to me. So you have the outgoing and we likened them to different cars, if you remember correctly. And mm-hmm. the the outgoing would be likened to, two. do you remember what kind of car? The yeah, faster paced.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, well, I always like like the Maserati or the Ferrari kind of right. fast. Whereas the other one is more of a reserved, slower. Not I don't know Honda or Fiat or something like that. But it's a slower, slower gear. It's not just one person is up and they're moving. You know, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> back and forth to the point where they actually drain the other person. The other person is trying <laughs> to get a cup of coffee. And the sure. other motor's already gone. <laughs> That's right.
0: You know, my wife in the morning when I get up as a very outgoing kind of that sports car, as you talked about it, right? I always kind of talk about it as a sports car versus the smart car. And you have a sports car where zero to 60, no problem. You're just going, you go all day. At the end of the day, your battery's actually charged more than it was at the beginning of the day when you started up the car and you could go, if you were people all day, you could keep going and you're just fired up and jazzed and you could keep going for another 12 hours with people versus that smart car, which is more of the reserved where you're going and you go and you go and you can get to 65, but then it's draining your gas. But when you get home at night after dealing with people and driving, what do you got to do? You got to plug that sucker in, right? You don't want people talking with you. You're like, I've already dealt with my people time. And this is what's great. You and I both know when we're training people on this, when they see that and they're just like, oh, okay. Now it makes sense.
1: Right. Well, think about with soccer. Isn't it amazing when you've got done with a big event and now you have the team dinner and how many times have people yelled at Jenny or John because they're like, well, you're not a team player. What do you mean you don't want to interact with what you call it? What do you mean? It's amazing where it's like, well, wait a minute. If you say, hey, you're going to have some time to yourself, we'll build that in. But we do want to have that collective experience. So, hey, during this hours, we'd like to do this. Here's the structure. And they're more amiable to that.
0: Or awards banquets, right? Some people want to be up on stage and they want to get on a mic and give a speech about how great they were. And how great the team was and how great this and that and the other thing. And they want to, you to get through all the accolades on them. And then other kids like my son would rather have you just give them the award off the stage and, and yep. just say, Hey, great job, man. You did awesome. You had a great season because of X, Y, and Z. You talk to certain personalities and they're like, you don't have to tell me all why I did great. Just tell me I did great and give me the award. That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> you know. I mean. <laughs> but then other people, they need you to tell you why. I talked to my son the same thing, the same son. And I say, if I just told you great job, would that mean much to you? He's like, no, you need to tell yeah. me why I did a great job or else it doesn't mean a whole lot. And again, when you understand personalities, all that comes together and makes sense. And it's really important to know those different ones. So we talked about that outgoing, reserved, right? So that's the first question you ask Mm -hmm. to really kind of get an idea. And that's the pace. And so as we talk about, not many accidents are caused by the speed of the cars on the freeway. You you don't see that. They usually adjust to outgoing or reserved. But the other one, the task-focused or people-focused that's the one that usually causes the accidents, which is why they call it the compass, right? And so can you just share a little bit about the task versus the people focus there and the differences and why it does usually cause a lot of accidents?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I will tell you, so I'll mention the the, the two individuals again. So if you ask one of my daughters, if you ask one of them to say, hey, what you said hurt my feelings, they say, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I apologize." You ask the other one. you say, "Well, toughen up." <laughs> you know, and it's like, what? So it's interesting. So I'm teaching one sympathy, and I'm teaching the other one empathy. I can say, "Well, you can think toughen up," but you say, "Well, we understand you burnt your hand when you touched the stove. Maybe you should think about not touching items that are hot instead of well, I was stupid." You know you do mm-hmm. that for? <laughs> like you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not that she's not caring. Not that. They don't have feelings, but it's amazing how a person that is people-oriented, they really are in tune with sympathy. They understand different things that might be said or perceived, and they're amazing at this, where it really can help with harmony and different items like that. You know, being her really a true friend, whereas task, that person, they're going to be able to energize things in such a manner where results are going to happen. Now, there may be a pile of bodies at the end of the exercise, but they will get things done. So what that task person has to understand is that sometimes a good morning, hello, proper greeting of the day, a taking five seconds to listen, and then going into the checklist of items we need to do is very effective for the individual that is very focused on people. And what the people person may need to understand is that when they're talking with a person that values tasks, if they're in a position of leadership or whatever, where they're doing a collaboration, they need to give that agenda, get to the result. That person doesn't really care about the weather, the day. They're like, no, give me this stuff. Let's get this done. Can you get out of my way now? You know, so yeah, it's amazing how those two clash because they can be blind spots for each other.
0: For sure. And it's something that we see that all the time. You see task focus all people the time and people focus people and They usually misinterpret each other's behaviors and actions and that's usually what happens when it causes the conflict. And we often will talk about these different personality types as different languages where you are fluent in I of the D-I-S-C, I'm fluent in I, and you're fluent in I, because we both have I above Mm -hmm. the midline of the assessment. So we can, Mm -hmm. we pretty much click. We can talk, we can do it, even though you're a D-I and I'm an I-D, but we're fluent in each other's languages, primary language, and our secondary languages are the other ones primary. But if we -hmm. we come up with a C or an S, that's their primary, we need to either learn that language, which we know a little bit of, We can dabble in it. We can go and ask to go to the bathroom or ask for some chicken or something, but we're not going (laughs) to be going to a conference and really being able to understand all the different words. We're not fluent in it. And so it's so important, as you just talked about there, to understand, first of all, that you are a blend of all four, but also Mm -hmm. that you need to learn that language if you're actually going to be able to connect with them at the level you need to connect with them. So now let's say... Okay. Now let's take it to the game of soccer. Again, that was a crash course. Just so you folks know, if you're lost right now, I apologize. But at the same time, (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now that this will take a couple hours of training to really get it and start applying it. And then it takes a bit more coaching beyond that. If you really want to get it, it's going to be a half day. But then beyond that, it's going to take some coaching in your particular contexts But hopefully today we can get you enough idea and whet your appetite a little bit to understand really, like we talked about earlier, why it's important. And I think you get it intuitively why it's important just by if you have kids, if you coach a team. And the funny thing is, though, here, here's a real funny thing. If you're sitting out there and you're going, no, I don't need it. I don't I don't this doesn't this isn't really important to me. I would put a lot of money on the fact that you're a task focused person because typically the task focused people don't think that this stuff is that important. The people focused people will be like, "Yes, let's right. do it. We need to do it. We need to do it. Fact the matter of it all of us need it." And in in if you're healthy, you'll understand that and you'll recognize it. Because even if you think you're extremely
1: self-aware
0: yourself and you know yourself, you need to understand others to really be able to communicate with them. Okay, with that I want to go back to you and go, okay, I know you use this in the context of clinics that you do with soccer teams in the context with training and and coaching you do of clubs. So what does this look like in the context of that coaching in that training? What is the disc? How are you able to use it in the context of your coaching of these other organizations? And then we'll have a little bit of fun after you answer that question.
1: Oh yeah. So here's what's nice to maximize the results, you got to understand somebody very quickly. Because if you think about it, if you believe you don't need some type of methodology or whatnot, here's what my European clients would tell you. One, they would tell you you're a fool. They would just flat out, and I'm talking about like top five leagues, top two divisions in the league. There's a reason why Atletico, Sevilla, all these different teams were able to challenge if we take La Liga and it's not just a two horse race anymore. Now they're getting, it's getting a little bit more exciting because now you've got four teams, sometimes five, where they can come back. You look at Milan now, it's amazing how they can come back and you look at Inter, oh man, what happened? But it's like, okay, how did they do that? How did they catch up to a Juventus and, and whatnot? Well, here's what you have to do. You have to understand that one, especially in America, it is absurd where the level of understanding is at. And that needs to change because we're doing our kids, we're doing the parents, and we're doing a lot of folks a disservice. I can't tell you how many times Phil and I, or me with other high-level folks, USSF, whoever, uh, UEFA, and they look and they watch a coaching session in a clinic and they're like, oh my gosh, what in the world? That was garbage, mm-hmm. who is that clown? Or, or i have getting a client and I've been able to have a breakthrough in goalkeeping or whatever the field player clinic, in a matter of minutes, that parents that are coming to me where they're like, Man, we were with this high profile so and so, this, that, for years, and you've been able to break it down simple and just the kid is shining. Their presence is coming out. They're loving it. What in the world? How did you do that? And I tell them, Well, one disc. And they said, Well, what is that? I said, I'm glad you asked. I said, So look, here's what I want you to do. Your child, Here is the blend of your child. I would like to do an assessment with your child, but based on what I see, here are some things that I believe that you're going to love if you would allow me to. I would like to do a virtual assessment on them. And here's what that's going to do for you. One, it's going to help you understand where they're coming from, needs, behaviors, different things like that, but it's really going to maximize your communication with them. And when you tell them to do something or just want to understand how to connect with them and really hear it from their their point of view or whatnot, that's really gonna help. I've noticed that's been very important to a lot of families because there's a lot of parents come to me and say, they won't listen to me, but they'll listen to you. This will help that. And <laughs> we right, can have right. a guide to discussion or whatnot. But so what I do is I give them the assessment. And for the kids, sometimes I don't even give them a choice. Sometimes I'll, I'll say, hey, look, this is going to help maximize you. This is going to help me talk to you. As I'm mentoring you, let's just make it a mandate because I want to maximize this for you because, and plus, you're going to need it for your middle school, high school, college, different level. You know what? I want you to have this. So here's the cost. Boom. Let's get it done. it take you about five, 10 minutes, whatever, 20 minutes if you have m- multiple questions. And most of them, 80 to 90% do it. Now, what I also do is I take that and I also do it for teams. So when I have the camps and clinics, what I want to do is for two reasons. One, I want to get the best out of the player, but I want that player to understand themselves. If they don't understand themselves, there's going to be a lot of mental blocks to getting them to the performance level I need them to be. If they can get a basic understanding of themselves, that kind of removes a distraction, a fog, if you will. Now, besides that, I also want to see the team dynamic because in the clinic, you can't do it all the time, but if you can, it's so much easier if you're talking to people in the language they understand to get them to where you need to be. Because now you can adjust it. You can say, Hey guys, now, now look, we're going to go ahead and uh, there's a progression type of drill. Here's the demo. Here's that. But what you're doing is now you're meeting the people that want to understand. Hey, I want to get to the results and get at it. Hey, I want to have some fun. Hey, I want to understand the best practices. Hey, you know what? I'm here. I, I just want to be able to support folks and I really want to be able to understand and better myself, but really be there for my teammates. So you're able to get that and get the biggest impact. So that's what I do. I mandate it because I want them to understand that from a communicative perspective, especially if we're doing virtual learning, this is huge because if I can't hear your voice cues and interpret them properly, see your body language. If we're doing virtually, which we have a large virtual business, you need something to offset those misunderstandings, those miscommunications. So that's what I like about DISC and that's how I apply it. And then sometimes we will take that particular individual training and mini group dynamic. And then what I'll do is I'll talk to the leadership, the chairman, the vice chairman, the sporting director, of those European clubs and, and other clubs and say, hey, look, have you have you tried this? Have you thought about this? Because you've invested a lot of money in this individual mm-hmm. and they have a sprained ankle or you're wondering why. Here's the pressure. Maybe it is homesickness, whatnot. But this can kind of help you retain uh, insurance policy, if you will. And it'll also make your social psychologist's life uh, a little bit easier, too. So that's a local dynamic all the way up to corporate Which we do layers. We operate in the tactical, operational, strategic all the way at the same time.
0: Yeah. And you hit on something there that I've talked about. That's why we do this show, actually, is to say it's not just helping that player on the field. I mean, talking to the parents to say, your son, your daughter, they understand themselves. That's the first step of DISC, right? Yep. Then they're also able to understand others. And oh, by the way, parents, you'll understand your child better If you also take the assessments, your child will understand you better and the child will understand you better even if you don't take the assessments because the child will be able to ask those two questions we asked earlier, outgoing, reserved, task focused, people focused and understand their parents better. So I know we did this in my house and I've already said this on the show. My favorite Christmas presents my kids ever had, not really, but I gave them for Christmas one year, the disc assessment. And I said, we're going to do this as a family and you guys aren't going to appreciate this this year when you're six to 16, (laughs) but you will. Down the road, you will appreciate this and you will see how this helps you in soccer, in our home, in your school, in wherever you go in business, in your jobs, you're going to be able to understand your bosses better. And hopefully if you can help them understand it, they can understand you better as well and then you guys can get the best out of each other and help each other to flourish and if you don't really understand other people it's really hard to create a flourishing environment uh, environment where they can flourish and you hit it on the head there where you said okay individuals do it i did it with my high school team that i coach we mm-hmm. we did we had everyone take the assessment including the coaching staff we were able to do a training with the team so they understood it and i love and you probably see this too i've seen tough high school athletes crying because they actually realize oh i'm not a you fill in the blank i'm actually just a different personality and that's okay
1: yeah and i tell you i'm so glad you said that phil because one aspect of what we do and i'm so glad for this particular tools I work also with a lot of disenfranchised folks, too, whether it's in Cameroon, Nigeria, or Baltimore, you know, D.C., uh, Philly, Brooklyn, wherever. What's so nice about it is this. Kids today, they have – social media has almost made it worse, where it, it, it is, one, they're almost not untied, untethered to that high school juvenile experience, so they can't recharge. Two, they're being evaluated based off of this mythical final take. <laughs> so, so now if they don't understand themselves, and then they're trying to live up to this. You, you've got all this angst and all this other energy, and and if you think that that player is doing amazing on your team with all of that pressure, it was hard before. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that you know what the disc will help you. remove a lot of those distractions and layers so you can have the conversation to get the best out of that player. But where it's helped me is that when I'm dealing with folks that are trying to just get off the street, that are trying to figure it out, I mean, home life is a wreck, like prostitution, all kind of craziness. That's just out there. It's always been out there. But watching that kid have to deal with that and school And just trying to play a sport, it breaks your heart. But what I love with this tool is that, especially at-risk kids, we've had a fantastic partnership with the Department of Justice and a lot of nonprofits where, especially for the young men and even young women, where they finally were able to figure out that they're okay. They finally figured out, like, wait a minute. Okay, I have some challenges, Mm -hmm. but I understand, okay, I, I can make sense of my world, and i tell you, that's been the biggest blessing, if you will, because not only am I able to take care of my players, but let's say a lot of the Salvadorians I work with in this region, I'm able to help their mom have a better relationship with their kid and keep them off MS-13 and then 18th Street street gangs, help them to the point where even if they become a better citizen, I, I've had a great success with helping folks not even get deported because we can say, look, look how this kid is not going that path. Look how this kid is trying to do this, trying to do that, and talking to the authorities in such a manner where they're like, you know what? You just defined leadership. You just defined, okay, it isn't just a good kid. Oh, I can see what they're trying to do. But helping them understand themselves and having that confidence, that's big because these athletes now, they have so much accessibility to all the craziness on the internet. They have so much accessibility to drugs, everything that Does not help them in their career. The disc helps them build a foundation between you and them very rapidly to the point where they say, you know what? I'm understanding myself. I understand it's a journey, got it. But I'm understanding myself. I'm not just looking at horoscopes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) cosmopolitan or people, not that those are bad, but I understand myself. I'm understanding others a little bit better. I can make better, more defined choices, and then now I understand how adjustments I may need to make to be a better friend or mm-hmm. to keep myself out of that situation. Peer pressure that may hurt me physically, mentally, or whatever, or may, may put me in jail. Because you and I both know, look, there, there's so much talent out there, but most of the talent is either in the graveyard or in the penitentiary. The, the people we see on the TV are just people that they got through. Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. they're not necessarily the most talented or effective people in the game today. That's right.
0: Okay. Now we're going to have a little bit of fun. Not that we haven't already. I've had a lot of fun. I yeah. don't know about you, <laughs> but we talked about this. I, I think it was at the food court during one of the breaks that we had at the training. I think we talked about this between your calls from like Chelsea guys and Liverpool guys and all these other people you were talking, either that or you're faking it just to impress me. I don't know. One of the two, <laughs> but right. we talked about, Okay. Are there certain positions that certain personality types, positions on the football pitch, that certain personality types would do better in that position and maybe do worse in that position if they were a certain personality type? So I'm just going to throw out to you, and this, and I say this, we're having fun on this, but I'm talking, coaches, if you're listening to this right now. But it's serious. You may. Yeah want to give assessments to your recruits. Like, you can't make them do it, I don't think. But if you gave assessments to your recruits, maybe you could to say, hey, if you you could do this, if you're serious, and their parents would get a bonus out of it to understand their kid better. But if you're looking at a striker, what kind of personality
1: type would you be looking for, Toriano? I'm so glad you mentioned that. So here's what you need. You need to create the, the environment where it doesn't matter their personality. It matters do they get at the problem a striker regardless of their personality just has to love going after that ball you know they got to be like like if you had a dog and you threw the ball all they're doing is just chasing it chasing it chasing you know like you know and i think there was one dr Doolittle movie where he's like give me the ball he's jumping up give me the ball give me well the striker has to be like that they have to be like they're running whether they get the ball they're running whether they don't have the ball they're there and they want it more than everybody else now now, here's where the personality works. I said, since you understand their assessment, understand this, this person is more reserved. Don't come at them with, great job, Timmy. You're gonna scare them. <laughs> because here's the thing, that's an act. They are acting outgoing because in their environment, they believe that's what they need to be to be successful. Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to hit them at the core level. This person, particular personality profile is they're reserved and they have a, a S and they have a C. Very interesting. So I said, look, give them the best practices, give them the video analysis, because that's going to be the kid that's going to sit in the film room. Give them someone that's maybe a little bit more energetic with them, but um, also maybe a little reserved to talk to them, you know, augment it, whether you need two people or whatnot, because you and I both know how do you improve in anything? In soccer, Ronaldo, he stays after practice. Beckham stays after practice. No, what do these clown coaches do? They go in there, they run a seminar. These kids don't have enough touches on the ball. They don't do no small-sided games. The, the coaches spent 80 minutes talking. They haven't done anything. The level is garbage. They're not even going 80%, let alone 90% in practice. And then the kid doesn't even understand what to do. And, and the problem is you see people that are making millions of dollars staying after practice, looking at film, not eating cheeseburgers every three days. And, and you've got this kid who doesn't even watch the dang sport, He's going to be your star. No, he's not your huckleberry, you know. So it's not personality, it is drive and determination. If that kid wants it, whether they're a defender or whatnot, because we see it all the time six foot three defender won't even have the dang ball. What in the world is going on? And a five foot eight striker wins the ball over him. And you're like, What in the world is going on? And whether it's division one, had a conversation with division one college, schools, he's like, What he said, what. Where are the rugged athletes at? It's like, what the heck's going on? Like, I got this guy six foot three, 190 pounds. He's not physical. (laughs) So what I'm saying is what we look at is we don't care who's there. If they are aggressively going at it, that's why, you know, you look at the keep it on deck or whatnot. What we do and what I've learned from the Europeans is the first thing a lot of them do is They just throw a ball out, like unless they got film on you or something. But to really kind of see you, what they do besides a friendly is they just throw the ball out and watch the kids play. Because there are two things. The kids are going to naturally line up where they're most comfortable. Now, that could either be because that's what they understand or that's just where they're at. Like, I can't beat him, so I'm going to line up here. Mm -hmm. Now, besides that, the person that's getting after the ball, making the challenges and all those individual things you're looking for in that position – you can take that and you start with them first because everyone else that has kind of relegated themselves, they become your second and third tier folks. So it's that kind of, uh, long about way, but that's what at the higher level we talk about and we do to get that serious development, because at that point, any coach that doesn't understand, look, the academy's made for one reason. The true academy is we're here to develop you. We're taking a loss and we want to sell you for millions. There is no other discussion.
0: Right. In Europe, of course. You're talking about Europe here, so that, that's not happening in the States, unfortunately, which is part of the problem with the States, right. but we're not going to get into that today. Let me just throw something at you, though. Push back a little. It's not so much pushing back. I don't disagree no, no, with please, what you please. just said, but what I will say is, and this is just Phil Dark's theory here. This hasn't been published anywhere. There's no case studies on it. There's no anything except my watching a lot of soccer and meeting a lot of soccer players. And watching my kids in their different positions. Okay. So I'm just going to say. I agree with you. That any personality can play any position. And your mentors help a ton. And you need to be mentored. Because we are a blend of all personalities. And we can learn other personalities. And we can do different right. things in that regard. But I what I will say and I think this is absolutely the case, certain personalities are made for certain positions. And I as I said that about the 9, about the strikers, if you're talking about a kind of a pure 9 striker, typically an I or a D personality. That would be the natural born striker as they said. As I said, I joke around, I said it took me five kids to have a pure striker. And he is my <laughs> mini me, my ID Outgoing personality that just wants to go after it, have fun, get results, wants to focus on them, wants the attention, wants the glory, wants all that. Because what does that lend to? That lends to going to right. the ball, going, you know, get ball, see goal, go goal, score goal, right? An S or a C personality, as you learn what the disc is, would probably struggle with that because they don't want the tension on themselves. They wouldn't say, oh, that's not the best way to do it from the C perspective because Mm -hmm. you got to work through this. You got to do that. But the the D especially would be like, like Ibrahimovic is a good example of that. He is a D personality. Okay. He's a guy... And if you look back at Eric Cantona, he was probably an I or a D, just the way he celebrated goals, his (laughs) collar flipped up, right? You see these guys who are the pure, pure strikers. Now, Messi, I would say, is kind of a false 9, more of a 10, that would be a little different from that, right? But he does it because he knows he's the best at that, and he knows he can beat the guy, and he knows he can score, but it's more team-focused. So Mm -hmm. wingers, Mm -hmm. I think, would probably be more eyes because they're more creative, and they are able to use their creativity on the wings again, it's not perfect science and it's not a proven theory, but I'm just saying like natural born, if you're talking natural born where you don't have to mentor as much, but they just kind of go there without thinking. And I look at like the six, the holding mid, would be more of your reserved personalities. They don't need the limelight. They don't want the limelight. But if they see an opening, they'll take it and hit that shot. But for the most part, they want to sit back, look at the field, study the field, be students of the game, be that quarterback that can put that ball through. And if they never get – Michael Carrick is a perfect example of that. I met Michael Carrick, and he said maybe four Mm. words. He was very reserved, very much (laughs) a student of the game. He's a guy, and he makes a great coach on certain parts of that now with sitting on the bench there with Solskjaer to be able to tell him those things because he's studying it all the time. And the thing about Carrick was he didn't score a lot of goals. He was a guy that if you weren't a United fan, you didn't know Michael Carrick, except that when he wasn't in the game, they only won 35% of the game when he wasn't in that game because he was kind of the glue holding it together. But that's going, again, I don't want to go through each, but you kind of get the idea, the the kind of wingbacks now, right? You need kind of a mix of the reserved and the outgoing on the wingbacks or else they'd be forward. I would would guess to say Marcelo on Real Madrid, if I were to give him an assessment, I'd guess he's a high I, just the way he plays. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What does he not do a lot of in a game? Play a lot of defense. He is a phenomenal attacking back but you wouldn't pick him if you needed to lock down a right winger. So anyway, that's my Phil Dark theory. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I love what you said. So here's what's so interesting about that. At the upper level where results matter, if you're not getting results, think about it, coaches, if they haven't won five games, they're probably out. If the player, they may have five to 15 minutes. That's why I say the disc is an excellent. So here's how I'm helping a lot of the European and, and even some of the American ones. But here's what the Europeans are, are what we're working with. They don't have time for all that. Because here's the thing, when you lose up there, it, it, it matters. And if you're talking about relegation, there's no playing it's safe and whatnot. And, right. you know, it's not just, oh, we didn't make the playoffs. That's <laughs> if, right. Here's right. where they've come from. The thing is, because I agree with you, you're right. Yeah, the normal, natural and all of that definitely has its application. But here's the issue. If you can't win because Carrick isn't there, if you, like – Honestly, I tell a lot of the Europeans, I'm like, look, yeah, the managers are great, but mm-hmm. if you can't play at that level and you need the gaffer, you're an idiot. You got yeah, the absolutely. wrong person. I, For I, said, sure. there's no, there's, I assure you, the professional teams that I'm on, you, you, you're gone. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, I can bring a 16-year-old in who just listens, and I don't need them to be a perfect striker. Can you affect the game? Because here's what I'd say with like Marcelo and all of them. The difference is this. Why have they not gotten the results? when Ronaldo left because leadership. It goes back to all of that is fancy, but here's what people don't understand. And when I talk with a lot of the the people that matter, like they have millions of dollars on the line or thousands of dollars, whatever, it's their own savings or whatnot. And I said, look, but here's what you have to understand. I said, first off, with leadership, any of them can work. And, And I hate to say that, but what we've learned is, look, any leadership style can work. Don't be fooled. Now, we're not saying some are better than others, but a toxic one can work, the pander one, the pander, the stern, the, or the good leader. Now, the issue is you want to have the good leader, but can any of them work? Yes, unfortunately, because the key is you got to have a system where you pay a price if you don't perform. And the difference is when you have the person to your left and right pushing you, it makes you better. So the issue is most of these folks and what we have issues with is that they've never been taught to win. The best leadership documentary I've seen is The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. You've heard a lot about it, but I'll prove the point through something like this. When people ask Kobe Bryant or who's the best, Kobe or Jordan, Kobe himself said, that's a stupid question. (laughs) Don't compare us. I went to Michael Jordan to be mentored. Right. And there's plenty of people, look, I'm from Cleveland, but I will tell you, and some people will say different, but I'm like, the individual that came from Cleveland is not the best in the world. I'm just looking at simple leadership. I'm looking at, are these things that leaders do? They're not. Colby, one of the best in the world, said, no, when I needed to improve, I went to Goat Mountain. Michael Jordan mentored him just as much as Ronaldinho mentored Messi. People don't know that. So when we go to all of that, like you were saying, I'm like, no, no, you're right. But here's what I'm helping the, the Europeans and other people with this. I'm saying, look, guys, I said, here's my issue with what you're doing. You're banking your season bonuses and all kind of stuff. You're leaving money on the table. If you have a 16 year old Neomar, I said, do you understand you have a 16 year old Neomar? You have a teenager. He's worried about his girlfriend, this, that. So why don't you bring in an older American? or an older player, that helps shore up your locker room. That's right. Because if Carrick was as quality as they say, he should be able to lead on the sideline or on the field. Ronaldo did. He helped Portugal win that game, right? You've seen it. And when he left Real Madrid, you saw it. And, and we talked about these different things. We said, hi Zidane, who wasn't necessarily – the like he failed in the reserves – people were killing his teams. Why did he win with Real Madrid? There was two things. We're like, well, Rafa, we're like, well, why didn't Rafa win? So we said, well, it may have been just player personalities. When they looked at Zidane, they looked at Zidane as the coach, the mentor. I'm going to do what he says because I respect him. Whereas when Rafa said you need to fix this, they're like, ah, you know what? Your mother. (laughs) So you're right with the players. Absolutely. But, but here's the thing. What I was telling them is this. I said, look, the individuals have to take ownership and it has to be leadership. It can't be, okay, we lost a goal and the heads are down. It can't be if Ronaldo's there, we can win and we change if he's not there. You need the people that I don't give a dang if he's there, he's not there. We're going to win and I'm going to put my foot in your behind, your behind. or what, And that's what Jordan did because Jordan went to these different people and he said, wait a minute, you're not champions. He said, you were on the bench. You were third or fourth string. What are you talking about? You don't know nothing about winning. Get out of my face. <laughs> and that's what a leader would do. And now his personality style definitely fits the mold of what you're saying. But what I was trying to help help those guys understand was this. I said, look, you got to understand like in an elite military or whatever. I said, when you see the best teams, you'll see it where even the quietest person won't let you let down the legacy. What you need is this. It's the accountability. It's, it is, I'm not letting Phil down. I don't care about the result. Dang that. I'm not letting my buddy Phil down if I'm on the field and Phil is going to help me do better. So you're right. So that's why I tell them get away from the, this person is naturally for that in character. Because I said, when you have a person like yourself, think about it, Phil, how many of those natural leaders did you beat out when you were playing? Mm -hmm. How many folks does Amanda just get rid of because, yeah, they got great talent, but their character is garbage and they will never survive. You know, so yes, you're right. But where the Europeans and other folks are at, where money's on the line, what happens? Okay, you're right. You have that person and they're great. Well, what happens at the upper level? If you're that good, I'm going to buy you. Mm-hmm. So now what are you going to do? You're going to tank your season maybe lose your job and lose bonuses because you're waiting, or you're going to do like Ohio state, Alabama. Hey, next man up. Yeah. Right. For sure. You know what I mean? So yes, you're, you're right. But where they're at is they've got to get that.
0: It's gotta be a both end, right? I think you oh, have yeah. natural, Absolutely. but as we know, if you're doing something that's out of your natural lane, you will Gonna burn out adjust. at some point, right? You You have to adjust and you will burn out at some point, most likely.
1: No, 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 I don't think so, because it depends on your motivation because I've seen plenty of pilots. They get on the technical because they get so much satisfaction out of it, but it's not their wheelhouse. So, like they're like, look, this is not my thing, but I love this. And that's why I was saying that hunger and that passion. if you can find a way, like the now now, let me back up. So I deal with a lot of aftermarket folks, unsigned folks, people that are restarting their careers. So this is what I have to be good at. Like when people come to me, they're like, look, uh, this guy was in the military. He got drafted. He was great at U16. But in Europe, he's 18, 19. He's like grand old man. Yeah, He's not grand old man. The problem is, it's ageism. And I'm like, look, I said, why don't you do this? Here's how you can restart it. Here's how we'll help you in an aftermarket sort of way, get him up to where he needs it. So yeah, you're right. But what it does is with disc and video analysis and all those other things, you can help that person pick a new position, be effective in another way, because they may have to step up in the FA Cup or whatever. They they may have to, the first person sold, the other person's on loan or called up to national duty or injured, and now all of a sudden you're dealing with your third, fourth, fifth string. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. at Klopp. And Klopp's philosophy is, look, if you won't do what I need you to do, we got to find something else for you to do. He doesn't even deal with it. He doesn't care about personality, or, you know, because at that level. Again,
0: it's not perfect science. It's an art. There's a both and. It's an art in the midst of science as with anything else. But if you have a sprinter who is not going to be able to run miles and miles and miles, you're not going to put him at center mid. You're just not going to do it.
1: Unless you adjust your techniques.
0: Well, unless you change the way a center mid plays where they're playing just Maybe the box to box but that's what I'm saying is if, if you're a full true box to box center mid, you're going to struggle if you're not a long distance guy. It it just is. Cause I am not a long distance guy and I last about three and a half minutes playing center mid. So that's the reality, but I can play striker all day long because I can make the runs. I can do that. Then I can take a breath. And so you just need to know your personnel. But, and I think that personality is underestimated in that. That's all I'm saying here. And I think that as you said, when you get good mentors in there, when you get tr- people coming in behind them and training them up to be, hey, you know what? Here's the reality of it. As you talked about with pilots, if you have all that technical and they're a high eye personality, okay, details may not be their thing at that point, but I'm a high eye personality who was in a law firm for eight years. You need to be very detail-oriented. Now, I had to find a way to make it fun. I didn't realize that's yeah. what I was doing, But that's what pilots have to do too. They have to figure out a way to make that fun or else they won't be able to last in that. Okay, I'm going to geek out in this and I'm just going to have a blast with this, right? And that's the way it is. In the same way, if you're kind of a laissez-faire, kind of laid back, S personality, loves the status quo, and they put you at striker, you got to figure out a way within yours. Usually what they'll do is say, okay, I'm fast and I can shoot. And so the best I can be for my team is to be able to score goals. So that's what I'm going to do right now. It's a very different motivation or from right or create assists. It's a very different motivation from that high D that yes. Zlatan Ibrahimovic guy who really just wants to get a bunch of goals on his stat sheet. That's his driver. The S will be and Messi's probably more of an S if I had to guess. I could be wrong on that, but that's a guy who's saying, "Okay, the best for my team is for me to do this." and I'm going to do it, and I'm just right. going to make people look silly because that's going to make my team better. And neither is wrong, neither is bad. Both are both are great, and both teams need both. But for coaches to understand that and understand the motivation and understand the driver is absolutely critical. Any last thoughts on that before we hit the last couple questions?
1: Yeah, I think that's very, very good what you're saying because I totally agree. And all I was getting at was, When you're mentored by the different players, what you'll see is that they will figure out how to make it worth their while. They will figure out, and that's the point of it, and that's what I mean by getting the most out of them. Because I totally agree with you, because what people don't understand is this. It only takes a couple good trades or a couple bad trades to mess up the chemistry in your locker room. And if you were looking for, oh, you're a star player, I've seen plenty of teams go down in the national, state, let alone European competitions. because Oh, they were a great striker. But what happened when Johnny just wasn't hitting the net? Well, did he pound? And it's everybody's fault. And now everybody's like, oh, now we're really – you don't see Messi and those guys doing that. And, that. and that's why I was saying the, the thing is is you're right because as an insurance policy, you better know how to very rapidly – Get the reserves and getting those academy and third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth string people going. Because once you win a national title, whatnot, now people want to poach. But at the bigger level, we want to buy your players.
0: Man, we can go on for hours and hours if we wanted to. But we know that is not how this works. So... I have a couple last questions I want to throw at you. How have you used the lessons that you've learned directly from the game of soccer in your leadership, in your marriage, your parenting, really outside the football pitch?
1: Well, everything applies. So what I love with what you were talking about, and I forgot to mention, the last book I had was Jeff Olson the slight edge. One thing I'll tell you is this quickly, mastering the slight edge, chapter eight. So it was a neat little quote. It was this definition, yet can be instantly recognized. It comes in many variations, yet follows certain unchanged laws. What I love about this is also talks about, the trouble is that we have a few, if any, maps to guide us on the journey, or even to show us how to find the path. The modern world, in fact, can be viewed as a prodigious conspiracy against mastery. We're continually bombarded with promises of immediate gratification, instant success, and fast temporary relief, all of which lead in exactly the wrong direction. George Leonard on mastery, Slight Edge, Jeff Olson. So how I've used it is this. We forget that sport was made basically to defend against To prepare you for something. Some people would say, hey, it it, it prepares you for war. Some would say it's diplomacy. Like it's very good when you watch different national teams able to battle it on the field and leave it on the field and inspire and whatnot, as opposed to those countries going to war. One thing that I've learned is this. Mentorship is effective. Learning yourself. It's a great place where you can do challenges and improve yourself. So for me, I, I use football just as a vehicle to help different disenfranchised people or folks who want to accomplish their goals and dreams, I help them use as a vehicle to do that. And all the lessons are the same because here's the thing. At the end of the day, you, you have a life. And if your level is not up there, well, then you're going to do everything you can to improve your level and compete wherever you're comfortable. So the idea is this. If you're playing non-league, well, you're still developing. You're still playing. But you also have a job a wife, a husband. So you still have all of those things, kids. So you're dealing with bosses. Maybe you got investments. Maybe you have bills. So all of those experiences apply. And it's more like an overlay just over your situation. So what I've done is this, to be the best person that I can be and be most effective, I use the disc to make sure that I'm able to really understand myself and then look at where the other person is at And then make the adjustments because I want them to get their goals. I don't want us to just sit there and we had a good talk. And then plus, I don't take for granted that we're not here forever. I've seen people, they don't understand mentorship. I love the mentorship aspect of this game because the folks that have mentored and they have the drive and determination, I've seen them 95% of the time crush the kid with talent. Because right now, most of my players that I'm working with outside of the academy and all that that are in the pipeline the 95% of the players that I'm working with are the ones that, yeah, they were all American. They were everything back then. They're nobody now. They're not, not nobody, but it's just they didn't get there. And whether it was because they didn't develop or whatever or however, what I've seen a lot of it is they didn't have the right mentorship because it's not what you know. It is who you know because you and I both know, look, I can get you over to England, but I, well, I'm worried about two things. One, they're going to be worried about your level. And two, I'll be worried about my reputation because if you go over there in your garbage, well, now I've liquidated the other 20,000 kids I could recommend because you're, Phil's not picking on my call phone no more. He'd be like, we'll get, oh, oh, Davis. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah. Did he send us that guy that kicked himself in the face? Yeah, no, uh, we'll, we'll call him back, you that's know, right. and, and in a competitive market. So that's what I've learned and applied. And what's nice is the relationships aren't rich. Our folks are getting their goals. Um, Our investors are happy because I'm able to talk to them and address their fears and concerns. And it's not this. It's not this. Most folks where I come from, they've been burned, you know, so they know if they put their money with me, they're like, oh, we get the business plan. We see the results. Hey, I'm a little nervous about this, this and this. How can we address it? And we can work with it as a team. And then at the other end, I'm happy that we're able to save lives. Like right now, the different things we're working with orphan care, we're able to touch lives in different countries, but also even the people that are here that may be a dual citizen. Like, said, so we're, we're having a lot of success there in, in Africa and other places, We're working on a South London program. And, and that's what I'm excited about. So basically, I've taken basically how your grandmother raised you. That's all we need to do. That's all they're talking about on Sunday. That's all your coach wants, your teacher. Do your best. Do your best, learn. So all those lessons really enrich my life and allow me to enrich other people's life, whether it's financially, whether it's physically, mentally, whatever we're working on and what they get out of it. So that's what I've applied. But DISC has been the best thing that that has allowed me to do that. I know it's kind of out there in the ether, but that matters because the results, results come when you have your chi right, if you will. You know what I mean? If you're just distracted or whatnot, You're not going to get results. You're not you're not going to be you're not going to get the maximum effectiveness out of anything, because think about it. You're doing it alone and you're one person. How how effective can you be? Because life is not a fair fight. It it is about my team versus your team. And if you're an individual, you're going to lose. You're not going to beat me. How can you? You, You're one person. (laughs) It doesn't work. (laughs)
0: Yeah, there was a lot in there. I think the the things that I pulled out of there that you just said was like really mentorship. And I think that the the mentorship that happens in the soccer teams, something you said earlier reminded me of Ted Lasso. Have you seen Ted Lasso on Apple TV?
1: Yes, I love
0: it. It reminded me of it when you were talking about the older guy in the locker room, right? Roy Kent there in the locker room coming in to be able to... And Ted Lasso saw that I mean the leadership lessons in that show are phenomenal but to see Ted Lasso saying that's the guy that's the one and that's the guy that you're talking about that one that older guy yeah. who can come in and walk alongside and that mentorship is critical in life as well in the lives of our children in the lives of our family in business to be able to have that with your you know great leaders will raise up their successor as they're leading right those are all principles that you're talking about there and then just the principle of it's not what you know it's who you know I mean and that. In the credibility like you talked about there, the importance of when you refer somebody, you're putting your credibility on the line. And so I'm going to tell you on both sides of it. First of all, if you're referring somebody, make sure you believe in them. And make sure it's legitimate and not just because you've known them and they're your cousin's friend or whatever. Like, you better know them and you better, you know, I don't refer anyone to anyone unless I know them. And I know not only are they a great player, but do they have great character because they will represent you and you represent them as well. So if they don't respect you, Toriano, it's not going to mean a whole lot when you say this is a great kid. But if they respect you and you say this is not only a great kid, yeah, he's a really, really good player, but this is a kid you want on your team because he's got character that will actually impact others. And if you say it and they respect you, that's going to go a long way, right? But the one kid you send who you say has great character and then they go off and they do things like, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but a couple of little English boys in Iceland. You know, they do stuff like that.
1: You're you're getting a phone call.
0: Then you're saying, (laughs) what? Did you know that? And you go, well, you know, they can't put it all on you, but at the same time, were there any warning signs that you knew about? And if even if there weren't, it affects your yeah. credibility, and it, it puts a ding, and you get a little black mark, and maybe they'll give you another shot. But if you <laughs> it might be two strikes, you're out, right? It might not even be three. Anyway, that's what I kind of got there, and I tell you what, man, those principles— if you didn't write those down, write them down. And if you don't already know them, learn what we're talking about because those are those two things there are critical. And I can tell you that from coaching soccer. I can tell you that from being in a law firm. I can tell you that from running a nonprofit. I can tell you that from being a parent, being involved in all kinds of different organizations. It, I don't care what you're doing. Those principles apply. Absolutely, 100%. So I'm glad that you talked about those couple things. With that... We're going to call this another show. I just want to thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for taking the time to do this, Torriano. Thank you for your friendship and work that we're doing together. Folks out there, if you, again, we'll have it in the show notes, how to get a hold of Toriano. So if you missed it at the beginning of the episode, we'll put that in the show notes there so you, you won't miss it. We'll have the other things that he's talked about. We'll have some information on DISC if you want to get more of that. If you want to go through the training and have us coach you, just reach out to us. And we'll I'd love to be able to do that with you whether you're an individual with an organization or you're a coach of a team, college, pro, youth, whatever level. If you're saying, hey, I, th- I want to use this to help my family, drop me an email, phil at com. You can connect with Toriano as well. Toriano, thank you for all that you're doing. I just really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Phil. I appreciate that. All right. So, again... Thank you, Toriano. Thank you, folks, for this download. We went a bit longer than expected, so I will not take any more of your time today. I just want to thank you for this download. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. And I do hope that you take everything that you're learning on this show and you're using it to help you be a better leader, for you to help you to really understand how the beautiful game does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.